This WKNC podcast is sponsored by Visit Centennial, hosting a female-focused, fun-filled, and free community clothing swap on Saturday, March 21st from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on NC State's Centennial campus. Come ready to swap your gently worn clothing, shoes, and accessories. Visit eventbrite.com for more details. I'm DJ Psyched, and you're listening to the Get Psyched Podcast. Let's get psyched about music. This is the fifth episode of the Get Psyched Podcast, where today we'll be getting psyched with Adam, a media generalist who freelances a lot and does a lot of his own work. So Adam does video, 3D, animation, VFX, photos, and design, just to name a few. (laughs) So that's kind of a lot. Could you tell me in some more detail about how you got into all that and what it is you do? Sure. Um, I took the path that I do not recommend anybody to ever take. Um, so I graduated uh, with an AS in 3D animation and special effects. Uh, this was in like 2005. So there was only like a couple colleges that even had a BA in it. So I wound up studio touring in between New York and Philly doing um, stuff here and there. Um, but when you're freelancing up in the East Coast, it's um, it, it gets daunting because you wind up wearing a lot of hats and you wind up doing a lot of things. So most people um, go from like photography to video to directing, DP, and then maybe they'll touch post house a little bit and learn editing. I went the opposite way. Um, so I did like 3D modeling, animations, um, and then moved into more compositing effects and then moved into photography and from doing photography, learning about the lenses and the camera work and stuff like that, which I kind of knew because you have to learn that to do good 3D work. So you, you have to know how a camera works to make it work visually and represent it. So from there, uh, I would literally just jump, um, you know, doing the, the solid uh, studio from studio to studio because uh, anybody that works in the Lansing industry knows that you're not really kept <laughs> for very long, especially in advertising. Um, so I did actually wound up moving into um, doing casino displays, like giant, huge Dactronic displays. Um, I've done sports arenas. I've done uh, dome displays. I animated the entire Harris building in Atlantic City. Um, I've done all these like giant, huge displays. Um but again, you know, the way the, the field works is, you know, when you're done with the big contracts, you're, you're often doing something else. Um, you know, little contracts and, and some, some IMDB stuff. Um, you know, I've done cartoons for HBO. Um, I've done Sesame Street cartoons. Um, I've done web cartoons back when it was, it was still kind of flashy, the flashy world. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so basically all of these jobs would put something else underneath me. Um, as in terms of like graphic design and stuff, uh, I wound up learning that um, when I was working for the cigar company. So I was working for a cigar company and I was uh, doing videos for them and I was getting sent to, you know, um, South America to shoot video and um, making just video content and animation content about cigars, um, which was an interesting interesting job um i mean i could probably still be doing that but uh i had like a moral ethical issue when when i got sent to south america and i was shooting 
you know, the sweatshops that roll the cigars and the, the children in the fields picking yeah. the cigars, you know, picking the, the, the leaves and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this isn't for me. So I, then I moved. It's, it's, it's weird. Like, yes, I've done gambling and tobacco and, well, why not do liquor? So I, I started doing <laughs> liquor promotions <laughs> for video work and stuff like that, uh, which was easy work. Um, most of the time, you, you'd wind up doing um, little spits um, for liquor. Uh, where am I in my career at this point? Um, yeah, when I was doing liquor, I actually kind of was working as a freelance advertising agency of, of my own. Um, so other agencies would hire me to do stuff. And then that agency would be like, look at what we did. And, and that was kind of nice, but also kind of weird because, um, some of the stuff was NDA and I wasn't able to claim some things on my portfolio, which, uh, is a lesson learned, uh, big lesson learned because it wound up having like two or three years of no work to show for myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, that's something that I've learned, you know, highball and you know just don't do that at all yeah um and then uh then I, I i was working for some agencies um and when 2008 hit uh the first thing to happen is everybody pulls out of advertising all just that's the first thing to go is advertising so i got laid off like five times in one year um doing you know tv commercials for one studio, they went out of business. There was a B2B business um, that was doing uh, video content for other businesses um, to, to do marketing engagements and stuff like that. Um, then up in New York, you know, some of the studio uh, grip lighting work and stuff like that, just everything just went to <laughs> went up in the air in, 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 in that time, uh, time period. So then I pivoted again. And then I took took my knowledge of, of video production and, and did a lot less screen displays, did a lot less design work, did a lot less um, stuff that way, and then moved into, you know, TV commercials. And then I, I was doing TV commercials um, for about four or five years in Orlando, um, working for a company called Bright House. And they were a part of the Charter Time Warner acquisition, which everybody calls them now Spectrum. Um, and that was a different uh, different story when, when the, the Time Warner monster came and just kind of wrecked shop <laughs> everywhere. So. Nice. That's actually, a, it's really surprising to hear that a lot of companies were, were butching advertising. Do you know more about why that was happening? Because I feel like advertising is one of those things that a company really needs. Well, it is, but it's also something that's very sacrificial. Mm. So if the markets are hurt, you know, the last thing you want to do is is gamble on advertising because advertising in itself, to its core ability and, and marketing, too, is actually um, a risk. So um, every time you advertise, every time you put out a flyer or you promote something, you're actually taking a risk because if it doesn't engage with the viewer, then you've spent all that money and it, it just goes to waste. So big companies and, and regular companies, too they tend to pull back on the advertising because they're unsure of the safety um, of what they're doing as a business. So that's usually the first thing to go when the markets go is, is advertising because everybody will pull back because they want to make sure that it's spot on. So if you go like one of the bigger companies, um, like if you go to like BBDO or, or Icon or any of those like massive agencies, um, 
they'll even tell you that you know they'll make sure that everything that they do in a um, in an up in the air economy is to hone that advertisement make sure it has engagement so so they they will even you know be a little bit more meticulous on on taking other projects on and stuff like that when when things are are bad yeah that's pretty interesting to find out actually and i have a question for you because you seem to know like a whole lot about all this and obviously you've been working in the industry a while so you pick this up as you go but did you learn a lot of this stuff from school or was most of this from experience and working with so many companies and all that so uh, school was awkward. So um, when I went to school, I was using, um, I, I first started uh, learning like 3D and, and post effects before I even went to school. Um, so I was using 3D Studio Max, R 3.1 with Surface Tools, uh, Maya 4 Unlimited, which very expensive programs at the time. But I was, I was working for a little um, software development house that, that was able to get some of these things back when it was like Alias Wavefront and, and Kinetics and all those other companies. Um, but then when I went to school, uh, it, it, it's kind of awkward because I kind of came in um, when things were just starting to roll in the nonlinear side and, and, and learning that type of editing. Um, Adobe Premiere was still a pile of garbage. Um, you're learning on Avid Dex, and you had to have the whole Dex system. Um, now you can just have a computer and pop in Avid. Um, when you had those Dex systems and stuff, and they were extremely expensive, um, if you tried to shift, you know, these editing softwares into a computer at the time that wasn't like this powerhouse, you, it would just die. It would just break. Um, so I actually kind of wish I went to school later in life. Because I, you know, things were a little bit more set in stone. There was more grad programs. Like I studio toured after I got an AS. So I mean, I, I must have been a coffee runner for a good three years <laughs> of my life in, yeah. in certain aspects. Um, I mean, I would actually work for some studios just to see how they do their workflow, and um, that was probably much more than any school could ever possibly teach me, um, because workflow in a production field is by far the best thing that you can you can always learn how to draw you can always learn how to animate and keyframes and, and and do stuff but what you can't learn how to do is go back a week and a half and fix everything that you did so the ability to um to move forward on on a path and take direction is way more important i think in, in, than than any of the media or any of the design schools can ever teach you. Um, because a lot of times you're going to work for, with directors that are a big pain in the ass. I mean, I've worked for some pre, pre, prima domina directors and art directors and some really well-known um, art directors. And the one thing that you can't say is, I don't know, or... Uh, I don't, I don't think that works, or um, I don't know how to do that. you, you got to figure it out. Um, and that's, that, to me, is, is a lot more experience knowledge than, than you're going to get in a school. Now, some schools have, like, really good, I mean, like, there's some really good, you know, design schools, really good animation schools. Um, like, anybody that goes into 3D animation, I'd say go to Animation Mentor. I mean, you literally have Pixar guys teaching you. Um, 
and it, and it's you know it's it's a non-accredited thing. You know anybody that wants to get into visual effects, I say go to Nomen. I've done Nomen online as well, um, furthering stuff, taking little classes and stuff on, on the side with those guys. Um, you know you don't necessarily have to go to LA, uh, but you might as well if you want to get into that because had I had the money to go to LA, you know at 26 years old, I'd probably be in a different situation now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have, I have had friends who, who have done that. And, you know, I, I, I would tutor them when they were going through their stuff. And now they have like big careers, you know, doing some of the stuff. But uh, it's unfortunate, actually, because L.A., um, since Rhythm and Hughes went down, uh, the post side effect is, is, is just a, a pile of garbage now. And it, they're basically my one friend's flying to Vancouver all the time. Um, he has his mom's address, you know, listed uh, uh, as his because he's just, he's gone. He's, he's out. It's whoever gets the tax incentives to do the whole post house site. So, I mean, now I'm kind of glad I didn't go, but if I did go, it would have been a different story. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, interesting that you mentioned having like how school has changed so much that you kind of wish you had gone later. As far as people who are, who are entering this kind of work now and doing freelancing and all that, do you have any advice or anything you'd you'd say to them about how the the field's going to change as they're in it? Like the field's obviously going to continue advancing. All the fields are going to change. How do you keep up with that since you're freelancing and you know you're not necessarily getting taught all the time directly by people what's happening? You're kind of having to pick up on your own what these changes are and how to deal with them, you know? Yeah. So um, because I don't specialize, uh, the one thing that I tell everybody who, who wants to get in the field is specialize, 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 specialize. Look, if, if you want to be the guy that paints toenails on a, on a canvas, be that guy. Just do that. Just do that. Do that well. Get some direction. You know, obviously, you, you know, um, it's like any craft. Like a, a lot of times people think video and design work and, and all this stuff is some sort of magic genius. Like, oh, you're you're so creative. You're a magic genius. You do blah, 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 blah. Um, that is the furthest from the truth. Sure, you're going to hit those, like, these these weirdos that are, you know, savants and, and they're all of a sudden can just paint, you know, magically. Um, but if you specialize, somebody will see, see that you are a need somewhere. Um, as long as it's not completely out there like a toenail painter, but, um, you know, specialize in what you do. And the way I learn, um, and, and keep up is one, you got to keep up with the tech. Um, that is something that I pride myself on. Like there's barely any camera systems that I can't use. Um, and sometimes I will actually just spend the money to rent a camera system to learn it. Um, I used to go to classes. I used to take, um, go to uh, NYC film student class, core classes, and they would teach you uh, certain systems. Like I, I learned when the, the red cameras came out, uh, the red one, I would take, I, I had to know how this, this camera worked. Uh, the post house side of that at the time was just a pile of garbage. It was like, will your 4K footage work? And then, you, you know, you, you plug in the Redison card. And it's just like, well, maybe. <laughs> at the time, uh, Sony Vegas actually had the best uh, way of using the proxies at the time for that one. Um, but I digress. Uh, but uh, for for learning and, and growing, uh, you got to stay on top of tech. Um, like, I'm actually thinking about coming to this college to learn AI oh, um, nice. because I've noticed that uh, AI is going to destroy the entire post house industry. Um, and it's, it, we're starting to see 
pinpricks in that right now with the the deep fakes i don't know if you've you've seen any of these deep fakes that are out like uh you can't tell that these people aren't in this video um somebody just did one where they took robert downey jr and um uh, uh tom holland and they put them in back to the future and they did a whole scene of it you you can't tell um, there's also a website say uh, called These People Don't Exist. So if you go to that website, you look at these portrait pieces of people that do not exist, um, and they are photoreal portraits that AI creates. So I think I can make a statement about the future right now within the next five years that uh, Hollywood actors and actresses, the famous people, are going to rent their likeness off to studios. And the what's most likely going to happen is you're going to see people on green screens act cheap actors um you know from wherever and they're just going to do image replacement they're just going to pop these people's heads right on right on other people and they're going to cut 90 percent of their budgets um in half because when your ai can build your sets and ai can put your faces on people you're talking like the end of post house right there and that's going to come and it's going to come a lot quicker than a lot of people think. So when people are talking about getting into visual effects and stuff, I highly recommend everybody to take um, computer programming, um, to take AI courses, because you're going to be thousands of steps ahead of some old guy that knows how to do, you know, rotoscoping and Illustrator or After Effects and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you definitely sound like you're keeping on top of everything. Yeah, you got to. I mean, like... Um, you know, I, I'm I'm at that cusp. You know, I'm I'm a middle-aged guy that you know runs around sometimes with cameras and and sometimes I got to animate. It's only because I've I, I never really stuck into one speciality, um, but I should have. <laughs> you know, and it's not to say that I, I you know maybe I'll fall into doing just commercial photography because um, that's something that is uh, probably the easiest for me to put together and, and produce where. You know, if you're talking about like TV commercials and, and, you know, producing those, it's all about budget and it's all about, you know, what what do you want in it and getting in the actors. And, and, and there's a whole line of, of stuff that goes into that. Um, and you still have to do that if you want to do a really nice photo, like uh, yeah. doing taking a nice photo and doing a um, TV commercial are almost the same exact stuff, except for a TV commercial can go for days. You know, usually for, you know, photography, or, you know, you go like one, two days, you got a crew of 10 instead of a crew of 50, and you, know, you just, you know, do the production that way. Um, also for learning, um, I also recommend not just gear, not just staying ahead of the curve um, for future tech, uh, but also to dive into something that you're not used to. Um, try to take up a challenge. Um, I try to challenge myself uh, with digital painting. I'm not the greatest digital painter. Um, in, I try though. You know, I, yeah. I try to I try to digital paint all the time, and it's just because I want to get better at you know not just real painting, but um, it just puts my mind in a different mindset, and and just got to keep moving forward for that. Okay. So do you think uh, taking up something you're not really comfortable with, is that for learning from that or just what do you think the big benefit from that would be? The big benefit for that is is usually um, it pulls you out of your mindset and it also you do learn and, and it but it's like you're learning subconsciously how to put other Legos together. 
Um, so a great example of this. Let me actually show you something here. Um, so I got two kittens. So, <laughs> so uh, the sometimes it, it's just you know if if I don't want to be like if I'm not around or if I'm busy or something like that I need to feed the kitten. The kittens need to eat. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what I wound up doing is uh, here. I'll show you if uh, if we get internet here. Um, I guess it's a little slow inside the building. Yeah. Uh, but what I wound up doing is I took a photo of me with my cats. Yes. And I built a website with uh, two buttons on this website where I can give my cats a treat or I can fully feed them. So if I hit this button, like um, right now, and said, you know, you just gave the cats a treat. Uh, at home, I grabbed a microcontroller, which is 8266, it connects to my Wi-Fi at home, yeah. and then it moves a motor that gives my cats i just gave my cats a treat at home that's so um, awesome so <laughs> i mean you want to talk about way outside the wheelhouse but here's here's something that you know by learning that and, and by learning essentially a, uh i didn't realize this until uh i was talking to my engineering friend the other day and he's like you just went above and beyond full stack because you also designed the whole front end of this yeah. website to, to do this and take the photo so uh, but by learning this, now I, I actually have something in my tool belt that not other directors and, and, and producers have. Yeah. And by using the same stuff from learning that, I now know how to make camera sliders, a wireless camera sliders. Um, wow. And I could just put rails together and, and do that kind of stuff. Not that I would want to do that unless like there was no budget and I really needed to slide the camera um, yeah. and, and I couldn't put wheels on something but uh, you know but now it's, it is something that I can do and, and it's not necessarily I'm going to go get a engineering job full stack you know doing <laughs> development somewhere at Red Hat or anything like that but it is something that um, I wasn't thinking about other things um, but yet now I have this piece that uh, of something that I can do if I need to. And it was a great learning experience how to do this. And I just did this last week. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And um, so going, going off of that, of how you try a bunch of new things and you've learned all these skills, because you do a lot of things. And like you said, you haven't really chosen one thing to be your thing. So how, how have you found like balancing that? Like you said to yourself, like if you you would recommend people choose one path. So how have you balanced having so many paths and how has that like shaped what you do? That well, makes sense. <laughs> I, th I think like I, I, I'm probably ADHD, like, like through the roof and it, you know, just never diagnosed and, and never cared. Yeah. So by not learning one thing, I was kind of, it, it kind of made me more free. Um, but the hard thing is, like, when you don't focus, you can't master something quicker. Um, so for me doing, like, um, uh, like design work probably took the longest to get to a professional level of where people will hire me to do design and branding work than it was for me for, like, photography, which I've done forever. Um, yeah. So... It's shaped me in the way that, like, I do come in to some productions as not just a jerk of all trades, but also a fixer um, because I've touched so many other avenues. A lot of times people use me just to fix a production or um, 
I will consult on how to do a pre-production, how to do proper pre-production on, on certain things. Um, I've even had an agency hire me just to, to put in um, their uh, file structure for, uh, um, uh, for their computer systems and stuff like that because it was just, it was a mess and they, they you know, had, you know, this designer had, you know, this folder of this client somewhere and, and, and there's, you know, somebody else has to touch it to move it somewhere else. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of little things that I've done um, and a lot of stuff that I've learned, um, you know, freelancing. Uh, I've killed a job one time that was supposed to take two and a half weeks and about two and a half hours um, because I knew how to do some After Effects scripting. So basically they were, they were having me reword and roto and do all this other stuff. And I just fed a CSV file into uh, the JavaScript uh, at Adobe extensions and then spit it out of After Effects. And I thought they had more stuff. So it was like, you know, two hours later, I was like, what else you got? They're like, no, that was like a whole week's job. So, (laughs) you know, that was, that was a fun learning experience. Yeah, and um, I, I I like your answer that you went with because uh, I can totally relate to you on, like, doing a bunch of things because of that, like, I guess this drive inside of you to do more because I have been ADHD diagnosed and I do have that similar problem where, like, I know it makes sense to pick one avenue and just roll with it, but when there's just so many things that I like to do and have found myself doing, and I find that, although, yeah, you're totally right, like, you will not master something quite as fast if you're doing three other things at the same time or like if you have all these things in your mind but there is something really helpful and like satisfying about your cross disciplines helping each other out like being able to use one skill to push another thing it's just it's like this compound effect that comes out you know what i'm saying oh yeah it's um it's you know it's it's kind of like my driving force is is to really just be better but be all around, you know, just, just, you know, do as much as you can all around um, and just make sure that, you know, you're, you're moving forward. Um, You know, there's been times where, you know, it's, it feels like you're moving backwards because you're, you're doing something that uh, you're, you're necessarily not knowing fully. And then, then, then you have that eureka moment and you're like, ah, you know, um, like in you know sometimes that helps you cram too um because i i'm a big believer in the basics um and i like not to not to poop on schools or colleges <laughs> or anything yeah. like that but um like the computer intro to computers 101 classes that colleges still give is probably what like still um you know how to use microsoft office and this is your mouse and this is your keyboard and stuff like that and i don't think those classes necessarily help anybody um, I think if you teach the foundations of what UI is, then you can use almost every piece of software. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's a better intro to computers. And it, it's that, that you can translate that into other things. Like if, if you just learn um, how to Google things in post-editing, you're going to know how to do that in any editor that you, you pop in. You know, it's like, where's the cut tool? Where's the move tool? Where's the, you know... How do I split the channels? How do I, you know, so by learning the hardcore foundation, you can hop into almost anything. Like um, I was doing 
color grading for a company, and they had a, a program called Baselight. So I usually use uh, DaVinci Resolve for, for grading, um, and I've never used Baselight before, ever. And five minutes in Google, and I'm rocking and rolling. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's, 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 not a, it's not a matter of, uh, oh, how do I use this program? You know, it's sometimes you just get thrown into stuff. When I was DIT and I had no idea how they were using their decks. Um, and DIT, if, if you don't know, is like a digital transfer guy. So basically when people shoot, um, you get a card and, and your job is to back that card up and then send the backups one place and then that card somewhere else, mm. depending on, on, on what it is. Um, and then sometimes you're, you'll do that and you'll get a laptop or you will get this piece of machinery that you've never seen before that looks like it, it, it belongs on like a spy bus. I don't even know the name of this thing, but basically I just, you know, you had to look it up and be like, okay, which is the transfer button, which is this, the, you know, and then you just got to work it out. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely um, more satisfying with, with, you know, being able to do more things, but it is a little bit harder to get jobs while you do m multiple things. Yeah, mm -hmm. I could imagine. Uh, that was something I wanted to ask you about, too. Like, um, you talked a bit about how you you went straight from school to hopping from studio to studio and learning all this stuff. But how how did you break that line of, like, you're getting out of school and now you got to get into work? How did you break into the industry? How did you, like, start meeting people and working in it? Like, how did you get that first job that started pushing the cycle? So that's, that's something that actually um, is the same across the board for... Um, any time of any creative career uh and i always tell people one you should go where it's it's needed like yeah. um technically i shouldn't even be in raleigh but my so got a really good job yeah. down here and uh it had to come you know so i shut shop down in orlando and, and moved out here um so i'm i'm actually doing this now uh pretend that i just graduated school you know it's one thing to say oh, I've done X, Y, and Z and have a career in this and, and blah, blah, blah. But you have to remember that all creative work is a good old boys club. Yeah. Uh, and I mean that in the hardest sense. So you got to do, um, I usually tell people, find out the studios that you have. Like if you're a kid and you just graduated, the easiest thing to do is stop by the studios, stop by the agencies, and don't drop off a resume. Um, it's going to go in the trash. Stop by ask them like, Hey, are you guys interested? You guys do intern workshops? Um, how would I apply for the internship or any, any of that sort of stuff? Now, most colleges today will actually place you in a place to do practicum and interns and, and, and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you know, you just go and meet and then that's kind of like your introduction to the area. And then you want to do the meetups and then you also want to do personal projects. Um, and right now I'm in, I'm involved in two personal projects, uh, that I'm doing, um, because I, I, I want to see where this goes. I'm taking, um, my production knowledge and I'm actually doing AR and VR now. I know this nice. is so stupid, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm working on a game called the Vomitron right now. And, nice. and, uh, and that's a, a VR Oculus Rift game, um, where it's basically you take the ideas of VR sickness and you throw them out the window and you just try to make people sick. Um, because it's just a personal piece, you know, let's see, let's see where this goes. Um, 
But it, for people to, to move into the industry with no experience and stuff, that's when you, you have to have some sort of personal piece, personal projects. Um, you have to, like, meet the people who are, are already here um, because I, I hate to say this, but the, the creative industry, especially with video production, um, in some post houses, there are a ton of scam artists, uh, job people. That, that they they have a, a turn and burn society of like you have an art director that has like 10 clients you know and a plethora of uh, free labor that he gets from the colleges and the in, in the industries and stuff like that um, so be weary of those people also be wary of the startup situations um, mm-hmm. because a lot of times you know you'll work, a year and a half with these these new production houses and then nothing and then you're gone um so be weary of like you know okay i got a job i'm working this thing don't feel comfortable in anything that hasn't been around more than 15 years 15 yeah. 20 years because um they turn and burn and they they fly and then even those those older companies um they will literally just drop you like nobody's business because why hire somebody at a decent rate when you have colleges right next door that will give them workers so you know it's 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 very hard balance to to find that um and that's why i'll I'll come to point number two on how to break into the industry yeah (laughs) and point number two is uh gtfo and go where you think you're going to be best needed so um like i said i should have just went to LA and lived in a car for a couple months and then got a job and, and done special effects and, and went that way when I graduated. I, I'd be different career rise and stuff like that, but I should have did that when I had the chance, when I was, you know, when I was younger and, and you know, I didn't need to eat. <laughs> so, um, that, so if you think you're going to go into advertising and, and you really like doing video and commercial work and advertising, you know, go to, Go to Burbank, go to Chicago, go to New York. Um, try to hook up with with, with the studios up there. Uh, you're gonna grip. You're gonna light. You're gonna work your butt off. Um, sometimes you'll join the unions. So it all depends on on what it is that you like. I know somebody that went for. Uh, they wanted to be a DP and just do TP and 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 when they got out there and they started working, they're like. Wow, actually, I don't want a DP at all. I don't even want to touch lights. They're like, yeah. you know, I really love just put hooking together the soundtrack and doing that. And now, you know, all he does is just sound work, and he loves it. So, you know, you sometimes you'll you'll even pivot your career once you get into it because you'll find out that like, oh, I I don't like doing the thing that I went out for and, and shot out for. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's that's my other thing is 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 GTFO and, and make sure you go where you you think you're needed. Okay. Yeah, that's really solid advice. And uh, going going back into like uh, doing the work where it's needed, and like going out when you find the place and talking to people. Um, when you do get to that step where you're trying to, I guess, show and advertise what you're doing, because I saw your resume on your website. It's very well done. Very nice looking. <laughs> so so just um, so I yeah I have a graphical resume. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's just a designed resume. So talking about networking because I'm, yeah. I'm trying to you know branch out network and, and and do some you know pieces out here. Yeah. Um, so a resume lady saw that resume, and she was like. 
get rid of this thing. She's like, <laughs> one, nobody will read this and, and, and graphics. And no, 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 <laughs> nobody will read your resume. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. And I was like, I didn't know if it was a Raleigh thing either because, you know, I've always used graphic resumes to, yeah. to, to just get on top of the stack. And, and it's worked for the most part. And I was like, oh, well, you know, it has been a little slow around here. And I, I keep lancing with other states right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, oh, maybe this this graphic resume sucks. And an hour later, I got an RFP for a $4,000 animation like nice. email. So I was like, oh, well, all right, I'm going to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, do your own thing when it comes to, like, presenting your brand. Like, I'm actually, I'm way better presenting other people's brands than I am my own. <laughs> and it's something that I, I have to start looking into a little bit more um, about myself because that's what everything is now. Like, my LinkedIn is garbage. I don't even, and my IMDB is just like, it's all over the place. I don't even know how to fix that. Yeah. Personal, so. personal brands are hard to build, mm -hmm. uh, especially when you do a lot. Cause it's like, who am I and how do I, how do I advertise all that? <laughs> but I was, I was, um, thinking about like what you were saying and seeing your resume. Uh, I'm wondering how, obviously your resume is a, com is a compilation of like the big things you've done over the last few years, but at what point? did the resume building start, you know, like, um, like was it, you were just slowly building it along the way. And I, I don't know how I'm trying to ask this question. Like as far as your portfolio, I guess that's a better word for like the work that you're forecasting and all that. How are you choosing what goes into it? And how are you building this, this image of yourself that like when you go on your website, we see now. So for, for building a portfolio, you always want to use the best of the stuff. So if, if you have five things and, two of them are really good and three of them are like, eh, okay, good. Yeah. Uh, throw those three things away. Um, and I'm guilty of this. Like if you go to my website right now, there are uh, like, I'm, I'm in the middle of gutting 90% of it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it's really, I, I, you, I just threw that stuff up there. And the reason why my website and portfolios and stuff like that look like the way it is now uh, is because somebody wanted to see it. So yeah. it was basically somebody was asking for, oh, you know, can I see the, 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 the whatever reel? And I was like, oh, yeah, here, here's my VFX reel, you know, and, and threw it up there. Um, is it the greatest VFX reel right now? Absolutely not. Like, I have better stuff, but it was just what I could do at the time. Um, so this is, I'm going to say, you know, do as I say, not as I do <laughs> kind of thing, because there are definitely yeah. things on my website right now that I've got to go. <laughs> but some somebody just asked for certain things, uh, like headshots and 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 stuff. And I don't necessarily like to put, uh, headshots on a generalist, um, portfolio, uh, only because, uh, that I, I don't like to steal jobs from solid photographers that just do photography. And that's something that like, I, I, I'll sure I'll shoot a headshot, you know, and get a, you know, makeup artist and, and do all that stuff. If you really want me to shoot, you know, headshots, yeah. but there are much better people that, um, they just specialize in headshots and I don't want to take that cash away from them because I really like doing commercial photography. So, you know, my composite photography and all that other stuff. So uh, like right now you see like weirdo Peter Hurley style headshots on my, my site. That's because yeah. somebody, somebody really wanted me to, to, to show their boss, my headshot works. So nice. I have them on there. So I just, they're going to be gone probably before this podcast even launches. Um, nice. and then like my animation reel, um, I, 
I had a, a little error about like five years ago. Um, and here's something to always learn to pay for the cloud. Um, put your shit on the cloud. <laughs> let the cloud back up all your stuff. Uh, because I had a big old computer malfunction uh, with my backup drives. In the, it, it just, everything got zapped. Um, so I lost my drives and my backup drives. And I lost, um, I lost a good, decent amount of work. Um, yeah. now if you, you do video production, you do animation and stuff, I didn't lose all my work, um, because I have hot swaps for Bay hot swaps and then, um, a NAS system that just kind of like back stuff up. Um, so I didn't lose everything. Um, but I did lose uh, a good chunk of my animation work, um, which is now starting to, to get back to, to normal <laughs> specs. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you also talked about your recent move and how you uh, went from the Florida scene to our scene. Um, and what has what has switching scenes and seeing how different places work? What has that taught you about uh, freelance work? And like, what has that has that changed the way that you're going about things now? Oh, absolutely. So each scene is different. Um, so for years, I used to live in a awesome town called Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Uh, which is like a smaller version of Raleigh with no big skyscrapers or, or tech. Um, uh, but it's an old steel town. And I, that is the midpoint between New York and Philly, um, where I worked a couple of agency jobs in, in Bethlehem. Um, they weren't the greatest, uh, but I would freelance in between New York and Philly. I would just hop the bus and it'd be an hour ride. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd grab the bus at six in the morning, you know, Midtown at like seven thirty, um, or Penn Station or, or wherever it was, and then just go to the studio and then do the freelance, which was awesome uh, when I when I was doing it, um, because the money that you make in New York and Philly and versus how much you you'd make in in little Pennsylvania, so it was basically you know work a couple weeks and not have to worry about working for a month, and then I could really pick and choose my jobs. Yeah. Um, and then it got to the point where it was like, all right, I'm sick of the cities and stuff like that. So I moved to Florida. Florida's a different scene, um, especially central Florida. Like um, I, I was working for an agency, went belly up, worked for another agency, went belly up. And it was just like, come on. And then uh, Bright House picked me up as a producer doing TV commercials and stuff. Um, and I was working for them for until the whole spectrum murder. That's a whole other side. Um, uh, but, uh, and then I just went back into freelancing, but I was already established in Florida for several years. So it was a lot easier for me just to go from gig to gig. And, and, and I knew a lot of the production down there. I even, you know, I can call in bucket trucks if I wanted to and, and all of this stuff. Um, and then now when I'm in Raleigh, normally it takes me you know, a good couple months to, to get my footing on on a place um but this place is like an amplified version of what happened in florida a little bit so in florida there's um they have a a, a full sale college there it's a big giant full sale thing and they also have ucf which has a, a little bit of a film program and then you have valencia which is a film program so a lot of times uh, freelance would would fight for fight for pay versus free labor. That is just like a plethora of free labor that is just like flooding the market um, because 
companies just take advantage of, of giving kids that experience, that, that, that goal of experience. Um, so, you know, studios definitely have pivoted in the past couple of years um, to be just a, you know, an art director, one solid editor, um, and just free labor. Um, and I think that's sad, um, but I see that more and more often. Um, because it, it kind of doesn't mean the work is better either. Yeah. It's, it just, um, I mean, the art director will always get what they want. Um, but uh, it's just, it, it makes it for a little awkward sort of shift. So what I've been doing down here is, is doing exactly what I, I said before, like meeting people, doing some personal projects. Um, I'm still lancing for other states, though. But, you know, other agencies yeah. still contact me for, for, for jobs. Um, but it's been very slow here. It's, it's been a lot slower um, than normal areas. And that's because, one, like, you don't go to Raleigh for creative. It doesn't seem like it. Like, Raleigh's very, yeah. not Ra- Raleigh-Durham, RTP. I mean, uh, if, if I was going to make a robot that painted, uh, it would probably do a lot better here <laughs> than, than yeah. finding an actual painter. Um, it, it's this area definitely seems to be um, almost like a, a creative desert as in terms of uh, most of the places that I go. Really? All yeah. right. That's interesting. Uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? No, not really. Uh, watch out for the demo <laughs> of the Vomitron coming out in, you know, uh, <laughs> probably, probably June, July-ish. You know, I got the, the wireframes going. <laughs> um but uh yeah i mean do you have any any questions on like like specifics or uh i don't really have any any further questions i think you gave us a lot to think about like me personally yeah i think i have uh, a lot i'm thinking about a lot just because i am at that stage right now where i'm about to graduate and i'm trying to jump into this world that you're talking about so i think you definitely gave me a lot of food for thought i guess yeah and like i said you're you're a psych major right yeah um and, and that, so that is, if, if you're going into the creative with a psych background, um, you can really touch a lot of like weird, you know, <laughs> nobody can really touch, um, like the, the psychiatry of, of advertising or, yeah. you know, um, doing consultant just for like scenes and like, you know, conveying message. Like, yeah. um, uh, a lot of times directors don't under they don't know quite what certain messages may mean in certain situations like they're they're trying to convey a feeling they're trying to also you know make a look for something so when you're trying to engage an audience member on you know displaying an emotion sometimes they'll get lost in their own head for other types of emotion and then you know somebody like you could come in and be like no somebody who has that emotion is not going to be tapping their their pen yeah, <laughs> they're not going to, you know, you could do these things where a director may have thought that this conveyed that because they might do it. But yeah. in reality, it might be the complete opposite. So, I mean, you, you're going to have a, a fun time <laughs> doing doing that kind of work, I would imagine. Yeah, that's nice to hear. And you mentioned a lot of uh, interesting ideas like that and stuff the first time we met. And I thought it was really cool because I never really put so much thought into taking taking something that's not exactly creative and putting it into the creative world, which I think you've, you've made a good display of, of uh, explaining how that could be possible. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. And it's, it, it's weird because um, it, you, I see that with a lot of trends now. 
Um, the, the biggest trend for, I'll, I'll say this for anybody that goes into like advertising and stuff like that. Um, if you're doing cheap commercials and for like local car dealers, it's like Sunday, Sunday, you know, you come to Kia, Ford, Toyota, Buick things and get the 20% off and the blah, 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 blah. Uh, you're not doing anybody any favors. Um, the, you, today's audience, I'm just going to, because I'm on a radio, they can't see, but, yeah. uh, the way people watch TV is they look at the TV and then they grab their phone and they look down at their phone and then they, they do, um, Whatever it is that's on their phone because yeah. it's a commercial. Who gives? You know, nobody <laughs> nobody watches it. Or it's a five second ad and you hit hit click. So if you're not going to engage viewership, and um, use principles of psychiatry and, and principles of visuals and lighting and, and all of this stuff, you're not going to engage people anymore. Um, that's why, like, I, I laugh. Like, people that hire a cable company to make TV commercials are not doing themselves any favors because they have account executives that just want to get them on the air, get them going. Yeah. Here's a cheap commercial. Go ahead. Um, and then you have people stuck. Certain industries are just stuck in their ways, and it's just it's, it, it's starting to evolve. Like yeah. saying something's family-owned and operated means nothing. That just means you might not be able to get your money back. Yeah. Uh, doing things like um, yelling at people for, you know, the car – <laughs> you know the car sales when was the last time you anybody looked on the tv or heard on the radio you know 25 percent off at 99 and go oh that's such a good idea <laughs> you know but yet these 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 companies and these local houses will constantly want this garbage um and if you can step above that garbage you're going to do 10 times better um in your career because you're going to be the pe person that people want. Anybody can come out with garbage. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, not to knock on car dealerships. Yeah. Car dealerships <laughs> are like the, the main number one car. It's like some guy in the 80s. Like it worked in the 1980s, so let's do it now, you know, kind of deal. Yeah. Um, but, you know, nobody cares, husband and wife. You know, nobody wants to see your dog on a car. Nobody wants to, in, in showrooms, like, Car dealerships, if you're listening, and flooring <laughs> companies and all this, nobody gives a crap about your showroom, okay? <laughs> nobody turns the TV mm. on or, or turns the computer on and sees a commercial and go, what a lovely showroom. I'm <laughs> going to buy that stuff. Like, that does not happen. Stop yeah. doing it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. But if you're the type of person that can legitimately tell people and, and get them to go into that viewer engagement, um, then you're a winner. Yeah. Because um, that's that's what it's all about, and it's it's all about making people feel an emotion. So yeah. when I hear somebody, you know, wanting to go into creative that has a, a psychology background, I'm like, you're gonna nail it. You know, what I mean, that's that's the way it is. That's that's a really good perspective. Like I like the way you mentioned capturing people's attention because I do think that is. That's something I've been trying to work on uh, with work. Like, obviously, like, you, you host a podcast or something like this. How are you going to get people to listen to it aside from, like, constantly posting it on your story? And they're just like, ah, I don't care. Because, like, you're right. Everyone's distracted. There's so much happening in the world today. Like, people will see your post, but they'll see about 100 other ones, too. So how do you get people yep. to care about what you're doing, you know? Yep. Uh, you know, names, click-throughs, uh, clickbaiting, you know, yeah. algorithms. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I just took a course on algorithms and how oh, to get yeah. people, you know, uh, more subscribers and, like, their YouTubes and their Instagrams and stuff like that. And, yeah. and it's, it's getting to the point where I think a lot of people are getting washed. So um, just like I said, you know, niche yourself. Um, don't be a me. Um, 
when you find that niche and you just you if if you are captively engaging um it, it there's a term my buddy used to say it's called i like rice um and it's an acronym it's uh if life is if life is kind everybody really is captively engaging so it's like you can just think i like rice okay so wow. <laughs> so if you say um so if if you make a post and you do a thing just think about this how is it captively engaging i mean sure you can you know always pull out a fart joke and get the click throughs <laughs> and but i mean yeah. you're not going to do that every single time so you know it's it's all about like how do you how do you get noticed how do you how do, how do people see you how does it how does it how does it work um and that's 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 the hard part i mean that's that's really hard and i always tell people find other people who are also doing that yeah. and who are also talking on the same level as you and start a community it's it's so easy i mean like with like reddit you can make a subreddit and just yeah. you know r slash me <laughs> and then you can just be like hey are you like me r slash me you know nice. uh, come come this way and and it's a lot of branding for this because you know truly the way that we're going as a society is basically you know you're um, you're going to be you llc be me llc and, and nobody's really going to work anymore uh for these companies because everything's just turn and burn at this point and, and like i said in the creative field you know i got sorry news for you guys but ai is going to wreck us um and that's why i'm i'm you know really taking preparedness and, and learning tensorflow and, and doing ai yeah. like stuff i never i mean you couldn't get me to program q basic uh, you know <laughs> back in the day and, and now i'm like oh i'm knee deep in c sharp and, and and uh doing arduino programming and, and doing all of this stuff because i know it's it's the future and it's it's where you got to go and it's yeah. it's a sorry dystopian future but it's gonna happen yeah yeah i totally agree that like uh something i talked to about like with my friends a lot once you do music and all this other stuff everyone in the creative field is that we kind of need each other like in a community uh, in order to get somewhere, you know? Because yep. there's so many people in the world that aren't at all interested in, in doing and creating. They're just ready to take on whatever, which is fine. We all have different paths. But I think like banding together, like you said, creating these communities, it's the way. It's the oh, way absolutely. And, and it's also survivability too. Yeah. Um. So one thing that I hate is I hate seeing an art scene like um, shotgunned across the board. Um, you know, the, the, so Orlando kind of has a, a, a shotgun art scene. So uh, you have the music, which is, is, is actually kind of weak because if you're really good, the rat will hire you and then you'll yeah. play at the rat stations. Um, and I think we all know who the rat is in Orlando. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, but they pay good money, but it, it breaks up the music scene. And then yeah. the art scene is, is, is busted up into different things. And you have like the high art area and then you have like, you know, the muralists and they don't necessarily coordinate with each other as much as, as they should. And then, you know, everybody's fighting for spot for, you know, doing, doing video and, 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 and design and all that other stuff because Tampa actually is, is the big purchaser of that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like everybody's fighting for, um, in Orlando spot for doing Tampa work. And it's, 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 it's interesting where, you know, if anybody, just wants to drive they could always go to miami and you can get a plethora of work in miami doing everything yeah. i mean miami is <laughs> is a gold mine for creative in the arts and stuff it's just very expensive yeah, yeah. 
That seems to be the takeoff with a lot of these places. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was in San Francisco uh, two years ago uh, for a game developers conference out there, and um, my friends were telling me what they they pay because I have yeah. friends that were work in, in pretty much almost all the creative fields, and I was like, uh, you know, it, beautiful place. I'll go to visit. I'm not gonna. That's just yeah. way out there. That's like uh, my, my buddies out in L.A. Like, um, you know, I just feel like I'm too old to, to move to L.A. And, and put up with, you know, three and a half hours worth of traffic because, you know, you can't buy the $20 million house that's yeah. close to everything. So Yeah. Well, all right. Well, thank you so much for talking. I think that was a great conversation. You have a lot of great wisdom and thoughts to share. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Thanks for having me. This is this is great. I, actually, I'm, I'm pretty impressed at uh, uh, North Carolina's uh, uh, media center. This is, for those that can't <laughs> see, this is, uh, they got great audio booths here and uh, good sound rooms. And I'm looking at uh, two people in the window that uh, seem like they're having a great conversation on themselves. <laughs> but yeah, this is nice. This is a lot more than I expected. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. And uh, if anyone wants to see any of Adam's work, adamtempledesign.com. It will be linked in the description. Thank you again for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me.